Hello and welcome to this week's Skeptical Reporter. My name is Miruna from the Skeptics in Romania podcast and I'm bringing you news on science and skepticism from around the world. We begin this edition of the Skeptical Reporter with an announcement. This week, the Skeptical Science website has been hacked. The hacker has taken personal data of the people writing for the site and has made it public. This is what a post on the website had to say. Of great concern is the fact that the hacker has published personal details such as emails and IP addresses of each user. Many users, for various reasons, have posted under pseudonyms, and the Skeptical Science Comments policy forbids cyber-stalking. Rest assured, we are working hard to upgrade Skeptical Science's security in order to more robustly protect users' private details. We are also in the process of soliciting legal advice on these matters and contacting the appropriate authorities. And now for some skeptical news. In the United States this week, the Tennessee Senate approved a bill that would encourage teachers and students to debate evolution in the classroom. The legislators set aside complaints that the measure would drag the state back onto the battleground over the teaching of creationism. Senators voted 24 to 8 to pass a bill that says school teachers cannot be punished for helping students to understand, analyze, critique, and review in an objective manner the scientific strengths and the scientific weaknesses of existing scientific theories taught in public schools. The idea behind this bill is that students should be encouraged to challenge current scientific thought and theory, said State Senator Bo Watson. But his colleague Andy Burke noted the state's history as a battleground over evolution. The so-called Scopes Monkey Trial in 1925 drew national attention and said the measure would cast Tennessee in a bad light. Health officials are bracing for the possibility of a measles outbreak in the USA, fueled by unvaccinated American tourists returning home from this summer's Olympic Games. A recent study in the New England Journal of Medicine estimated that each measles case cost $160,000 for investigation, follow-up, and possible hospitalization. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns that the Olympics in London, as well as the Euro 2012 Soccer Cup in Poland and Ukraine, will be huge draws for American travelers and will increase the risk for measles infection. The virus is much more prevalent in Europe, leading to 8 deaths and 26,000 illnesses last year. CDC representatives urge Americans who plan to travel this summer to be up-to-date on measles vaccinations. Measles infections have been on the rise in the U.S. even though vaccinations eliminated the routine spread of the disease in 2000. The disease had been under control in Europe as well until a 1998 paper in the British medical journal The Lancet purported the link between autism and the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. It was later revealed that Andrew Wakefield, the main author, had faked his research. The paper was retracted in 2010 and Wakefield was banned from practicing medicine. The Olympics in London starts on the 27th of July and the Euro 2012 Soccer Cup on the 8th of June in Poland and Ukraine. In the UK, a conference on alternative treatments for cancer being held in Devon is being investigated. A clinic run by Dr. Stephen Hopwood, a former GP who now favors holistic medicine, is also under investigation. The Devon County Council confirmed Trading Standards staff were investigating the conference and the clinic. Trading Standards is the body which enforces the Cancer Act and the Consumer Protection from Unfair Trading Regulations 2008 to protect vulnerable people from false and misleading advertising. MP Dr. Sarah Wollaston, who is also a qualified GP, contacted them after a number of constituents raised concerns about the conference, which is due to be held on Saturday at Totnes Civic Hall. She said one particular issue was Dr. Tullio Simoncini's claim that cancer is a fungus that can be cured with sodium bicarbonate. 
On his website, Dr. Simoncini says he was struck off as an oncologist because he administered sodium bicarbonate instead of conventional chemotherapy. If he can provide any evidence base whatsoever that sodium bicarbonate will actually alleviate symptoms, then let's see it. But I'm afraid nobody else in the conventional cancer community would actually share his views, said Dr. Wollaston. What I'm having a go at here is advertising specifically to people who are at the most vulnerable times of their lives, she said. Dr. Hopwood, who describes himself as a holistic physician, accused the MP of being a shopfront for the pharmaceutical industry and claimed she did not have enough knowledge of complementary medicine to comment. Charity Cancer Research UK said there was little or no hard scientific evidence that alternative approaches improved survival rates and it would advise people not to choose alternative therapy instead of conventional medicine. Two more online marketers in the United States have agreed to settlements with the Federal Trade Commission that will stop their practice of using fake news websites to promote Akai Berry supplements and so-called colon cleansers with deceptive claims that consumers could use them to lose weight. An affiliate network named Copeak operated its own fake news sites, but it also recruited an entire network of collaborators that used fake news sites to promote products with allegedly deceptive claims. The FTC's original complaint against the New York-based Copeak was part of a law enforcement sweep that the agency conducted last year against 10 alleged operators of fake news sites. The FTC charged all of them with deceptive advertising for portraying the sites as legitimate news sites, making false and unsupported weight loss claims, and failing to disclose that they were being paid by the merchants of their so-called weight loss products. Under the settlement, the Copic defendants will pay more than $1.3 million, which represents revenues they received from deceptive fake news sites ads for Akai berries, colon cleansers, and other supposed weight loss dietary supplements. Derived from acai palm trees that are native to Central and South America, acai berry supplements are often marketed to consumers who hope to lose weight. In recent settlements with other online acai berry marketers, defendants in the Central Coast Nutraceuticals case were required to pay $1.5 million and Jesse Wilms was required to surrender corporate and personal assets including bank account funds, a Cadillac Escalade, artwork and a fur coat. And now let's look at some news in science. For the very first time, astronomers have seen a violent supernova explosion in real time. While looking at another object in a spiral galaxy known as NGC 2770 using NASA's orbiting SWIFT telescope, Carnegie Princeton fellows Alicia Soderberg and Edo Berger detected an extremely luminous blast of X-rays released by a supernova explosion. They alerted eight other orbiting and on-ground telescopes to turn their eyes on this first-of-its-kind event. We were in the right place at the right time with the right telescope on January 9th and witnessed history, remarked Soderbergh. We were looking at another, older supernova in the galaxy when the one now known as SN2008D went off. We would have missed it if it weren't for Swift's real-time capabilities, wide field of view and numerous instruments. The research has just appeared in the journal Nature. Supernovae are the explosions of massive stars, stars more than eight times the mass of the Sun, whose cores run out of nuclear fuel and collapse in on themselves to form a neutron star or a black hole. In the process, they launch a powerful shockwave that blows up the star. Until now, observations of these objects have been of the aftermath, typically several days after the initial explosion, not the first instance of death. Astrophysicists have predicted nearly four decades ago that the first sign of a supernova would be an X-ray blast, but none had witnessed before Soderbergh's and Berger's observations.
Hollywood director James Cameron has returned to the surface after plunging nearly 11 kilometers down to the deepest place in the ocean, the Mariana Trench, in the Western Pacific. He made the solo descent in a submarine called Deep Sea Challenger, taking over two hours to reach the bottom. He spent more than four hours exploring the ocean floor before a speedy ascent back to the surface. His craft was kitted out with cameras so he could film the deep in 3D. It was absolutely the most remote, isolated place on the planet, Mr. Cameron told BBC News. I really feel like in one day I've been to another planet and come back, he added. This is only the second manned expedition to the deepest place in the ocean. The first took place in 1960 when U.S. Navy Lieutenant Don Walsh and Swiss oceanographer Jacques Picard spent about 20 minutes on the ocean floor in a batiscaf called the Trieste. Lieutenant Walsh, who is now in his 80s, joined Mr. Cameron and his team of engineers out at sea for the dive. Director Cameron has spent the past few years working in secret with his team of engineers to design and build the craft, which weighs 11 tons and is more than 7 meters long. He describes it as a vertical torpedo that slices through the water, allowing him a speedy descent. He intends to release a documentary about the experience. Gynecologists and other doctors are not talking enough with their female patients about sexual problems and sexuality in general, leaving many women to suffer in silence, as a new study concludes. Based on a survey of obstetrician gynecologists across the United States, the researchers found that less than half of them routinely ask their female patients about sexual problems. At the same time, the researchers noted from past studies that about a third of young and middle-aged women have some sort of issue related to sexual intercourse, such as pain, low desire, or lack of pleasure. Lead study author Dr. Stacy Tesler Lindau and her colleagues at the University of Chicago Medicine surveyed more than 1,150 practicing U.S. physicians who listed OBGYN as their primary specialty. The doctors were asked to indicate how often they discussed the following with their patients sexual orientation, sexual satisfaction, pleasure with sexual activity, and sexual problems or dysfunction. Fewer still asked about sexual satisfaction, 28.5%, sexual orientation or sexual identity, only 27.7%, and sexual pleasure, only 13.8%. About 25% of the doctors said they have expressed disapproval of patients' sexual practices. These were primarily doctors who were foreign medical graduates or ones who considered religion the most important part of their lives, the researchers said. Those who indicated a Roman Catholic religious affiliation were significantly less likely than others in the survey to ask patients about sexual activity. Disease has stalked battlefields since the dawn of war and continues to plague even the ranks of the modern U.S. military. That's why the Pentagon scientists want to implant tiny particles inside the bodies of soldiers that could diagnose or even treat illness from within. The military's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, announced its vision for implantable nanosensors. Such tiny sensors would be based on nanoparticles, thousands of times smaller than the width of a human hair, a watchful swarm of molecules inside soldiers' bodies that could monitor their health around the clock and keep them healthy on the most remote battlefields. Solving the problem of sickness could have a huge impact on the number of soldiers ready to fight because far more have historically died due to illness rather than combat. This first announcement focuses on creating nanoparticles capable of diagnosing diseases, but DARPA expects to launch a second effort focused on treatment in late 2012. Once it gathers proposals from private companies and academic researchers, it can begin moving forward with animal trials that might eventually lead to human clinical trials.
And now in local news from Romania, we learned that one of the Romanian observatories in Galați has managed to confirm the existence of three exoplanets and one supernova. Enlisting the help of citizen scientist Alex Dumitriu, the first observation of an exoplanet has been of a hot Jupiter, one of 760 exoplanets that have been confirmed so far. Also, on the 20th of March, the coordinator of the observatory, Ovidiu Tercu, together with Alex Dumitriu, who is a member of the Kalin Popovich Astro Club, have photographed a supernova in the Messier 95 galaxy. The Galatz Observatory is one of the most modern in the country and has one of the most advanced telescopes that can be found in the world. This was Miruna for The Skeptical Reporter. This show was recorded today, the 28th of March, 2012. Thank you for listening. 